during during uh christmas um some of my family watched nunette uh to like see if they see if it sucked or not didn't like it and you know i decided to already uh think that without watching that you know because you don't have to watch anything except for like the seminal western works like keemstar and the marvel cinematic universe and i just played video <laughs> games for several hours and that's what's up yeah it's I'm I'm more interested in the PewDiePie commentary track of Nanette than Keemstar <laughs> interviewing shouting the N word a, a lesbian. Keemstar interviewing Hannah Gadsby. That's what's up. <laughs> Gaming with Hannah Gadsby. So yes, I I did uh, I did comedy for a couple of years, and I actually almost almost left it because I felt it wasn't going anywhere. But then you know this I got this this Netflix special, and everything sort of turned around. That was uh, Crocodile Dundee playing the Queen there. <laughs> oh, was that voice? Oh my! Was so, that, so Hannah, the... you and I both know it's hard to find real ass people in what we do. It's clout shit. <laughs> yes, I, I, I thought everyone I knew was was quite real, and then I, on, when I got Netflix, I would go to parties, and there would there would there would there would just be be hoes who would sort of be on my jock. Yeah, this clout uh, shit. It's like Patrick Stewart now. <laughs> 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 I pose. Who would be on my job? You know, you, you know, you know what? You know, a job. My life as a lesbian in Tasmania has been most troublesome. You know, a job I've been thinking that I want. Uh, I want to be the Keemstar, but of British media. Like I cover it like it's YouTube drama for thirteen-year-olds. But I just, <laughs> I just wear a stupid fucking flat brim hat, sit at a desk, and I'm like, "What's up? It's UK media drama report." And you're just reporting on the Gatwick drone 24 hours a day. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yo, there's fucking drama going down at the New Statesman. People are saying, <laughs> it's just, just all the feuds between the 350,000 columnists. <laughs> Some people at the New Statesman saying there ain't no drone at all. Yeah, that would be a cool fucking. That's how I'm going to get to the UK. That's how I'm going to immigrate to the UK. That's, that's how we need. That's how we no, that's you get an exceptional talent visa just for reporting. On uh, on what Giles Corin has said now about like whether Meghan Markle should slam his nuts in a car door, as we've read in the past, or like his whole thing now where he's saying that um, he loves all of the negative attention for his like insane, <laughs> insane sock puppet account from a character from his own book that he slagged off because it means everyone's actually paying attention to him. Otherwise, he'd just be a normal journalist. That's that is sort of the difference between like America, like. American journalists will like have a disappearance period if they do something like absolutely hilarious like that, or they'll just like do something else like Stephen Glass. But British ones are like, this actually like th this. I'm an even better person than I thought I was. Yeah, they go Toby Young and they like write a book about why people have to be friends with them. Actually, <laughs> Toby Young would be on my Keemstar show. Toby Young would be like the Face Banks or Lil Xan character yeah, he'd, on he'd my be drama be recap <laughs> show. I, I I really like the idea of, of Toby Young to your drama recap show as Eli Lake to Michael Rappaport's show. Yeah, exactly. These are all just names to me. <laughs> it's just words. Um, Lil Xan is an American rapper who's constantly asleep. Well, that would that would happen if you take that many Xans. Well, is he, well he's uh, he's off Xanax. He's rapping positively about how you shouldn't take Xanax. His name's oh, still Hope Punk. Yeah, he's Lil Xan is Hope Punk. 
<laughs> Lil Xan is the only example of hope punk. Everything else, uh, Harry okay. Potter, Hunger Games, nah, that shit's all tired. That shit's all old. The only hope punk is Lil Xan and, of course, Steven Pinker. Listening to Lil Xan and reading Steven Pinker is the greatest act of resistance against Donald Trump that you hope can do. Hope punk is just like motivational steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing you know, like a top hat with bolts on it <laughs> and let, going like, you can, you can succeed. You know Lemon Party is hope punk. <laughs> no one, no one, like no one thought that those guys could, uh, you know, they would never find each other. But then they did, and it's like I'm just mm. looking at looking at Lemon Party as an act of resistance. I do it every day. Yeah, you're worried about getting scurvy? Lemonparty.com. <laughs> That's you, right, dude. And th- those guys from Lemon Party, they actually grew up to start Pod Save America. So. <laughs> yeah, they have like, they all Benjamin the Benjamin Button. Button. Getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> They're all all the Johns from Pod Save America finally got their act together and realized that the ultimate hope punk wasn't to be a shock site from 2003. It was to resist Trump by uh, doing swears on stage and talking about how Iran shouldn't have nuclear weapons. (laughs) Maybe the real lemon party was the friends we made along the way. Hello and welcome to the first Trash Future of 2019. We're still recording this, of course, in 2018, so we'll see mm. how we get on. Will 2019 even happen? We don't know yet, technically speaking. We, we don't know for sure. Will Lil Zan go back? could intervene and save us all. <laughs> Will Lil Zan go back on Zans? We have no idea. My- <laughs> no, he's not doing his change. My thing is that I'm tired. <laughs> My my name is Riley. You may remember me from every episode of this podcast previously. I'm here in studio with Milo. Hello. Yo, it's me, your boy. Uh, I'm, I'm ill. I'm jet lagged. And I, I think I may have herpes of the face. More on this as it develops. Uh, Alice, Alice Caldwell Kelly, subbing in for Hussein, who's got a surprise hey, wedding. back again. It's girl Hussein. And I'm also dying. <laughs> uh, there's, there's something going around. I had like a lobster sub at Quiznos a couple of days ago, and I just feel... <laughs> <laughs> oh no and stay away from that you hate to see it you absolutely hate to see it <laughs> and 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 joining us uh for the second time uh returning champion felix biederman who you may remember from the his many appearances in the podcast episode one felix how you doing thank you thank you thank you for having me uh i'm glad we're uh you know ringing in the new year 2019 i have an exciting project i want to announce starting in 2019 i've decided to take the uh you know sort of you guys have given me inspiration i think i'll be starting my own politics podcast and i will be calling it chapo trap house and i'll be making it with twitter (laughs) personalities william menneker matthew crispin virgil texas amberly frost and that's what's up oh shit would you not agree (laughs) I thought that somebody was starting a podcast, but they were actually trying to start their Samsung Galaxy S7. Because this shit blowing up. <laughs> Dan Nine in interview with Keemstar. You <laughs> get a lot of haters, Dan. <laughs> Come on, Dan, no, Dan Nine, an associate editor for The Telegraph, find, writing an article about how... Um, Every everyone everyone's hatred for him burns hotter than the Samsung Galaxy S7. <laughs> I just nine and Gen Z comedian. I got I got into a I got into like a brain loop last night of the way that Dan Ninen says Samsung Galaxy S7 because it's it's just so <laughs> intoxicate. Samsung Galaxy S7. 
Like he oh, just man. he thinks it's the greatest punchline of all time, so he just really like throws all his weight behind it. I just it's like stuck in my it's perfect. The way he says it is perfect. I mean, realistically, like he's he's gonna age out of being a millennial comedian soon. He's gonna have to like and he's gonna have to take up the mantle that six nine has left, get a bunch of face tattoos, and become a hope punk SoundCloud rapper. Well, you can't age out of being a millennial other than if you're Dan Nine and who was born too old to be a millennial. But like because <laughs> millennials do keep getting older, rather. You do understand that shut that's up. how it works. Yeah, for now. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One day it's gonna be like, damn, all these pensioners taking Zans. <laughs> What am I thinking with like Dan Ninen was like, okay, what if it's like a Breaking Bad type thing? And people are like, there's no way he's making this much money on comedy. And they're right. He's like the head of Treyway. He's actually the Treyway boss in New- because he's a New Yorker. And he's Treyway. Treyway is 6ix9ine's gang. The New York, oh, okay. Blo- New York oh, Bloods. I I thought it was Scum Gang. I'm is so it, I'm it, so behind on. Is, on, it, the, on is it not the gang that you have to like sell more memberships to other people? Or is <laughs> it a multi level multi level marketing gang? But he's <laughs> laundering the money that he makes through trafficking drugs and Treyway through com- by just saying like he's doing gigs for Tesla and shit. It's exactly like Breaking Bad. Is really into nutritious juice that you can make up in your own garage and sell to your friends. <laughs> oh no, here's what it is. It's he's the producers. That's cl- that's clearly what's going on. It's a producers. Right. It's time for six nine and Germany. <laughs> awesome, um, yo. So here's here's what we're also doing. Uh, we've got the uh, the TF hateable book of the year uh, this year. Last year, if you don't know, the uh, the TF book award. Uh, it went to Little Wins, The Awesome Power of Thinking Like a Toddler, which is a business book by a guy called Paul Lindley. Pouring one out for our boy. Yeah. Um, where he actually says the way to succeed in business is to is to grow down and think like a baby. It was it was really very quite a bit. Um, but this year, uh, I've decided to actually do one that's from from uh, from February. It's an early contender, but it stayed the worst book written this year. And that's right. It is called Enlightenment Now by a certain Steven Pinker, who can only be described as chaotic Gladwell. Mm. One of the few people who, from his name, you can make both the words pink and stink. <laughs> many, pe- many people are saying, you know, Donald Trump is the new Stephen Pinker. <laughs> many have said that uh, Donald Trump likes flying on Jeffrey Epstein's plane even more than Stephen Pinker. And uh, soon we're going to be making a bunch of graphs uh, that just uh, have no y-axis. And it's really just tremendous to see. More and more. We love to see Steven Pinker's graphs. Hybrid Trump Steven Pinker would be such an interesting individual. Like the way in which he would like, look, okay, I may or may not have had sex with a child on that plane. But what you have to realize is that we did it because it was necessary. Well, but like, okay, don't you think that we're going to get into it more. But don't you like Steven Pinker is kind of Trump like he's sort of Trump. But for the general, the general global status quo. Because they're doing the same thing. He's just taking like a bunch of selectively read graphs that don't really account for contextual data or just outright throw out like absolute data and are like, we're doing a terrific job. The the unemployment rate for the world's poorest 10% is lower than ever. Like it's the same (laughs) shit. It's the exact same shit. Like completely. Yeah, because he'll be like, yeah, in the last hundred, one of my favorite, um, because he's he's basically a graph warrior where his whole thing where he's saying, I'm going to just keep putting graphs in front of you about how the world has gotten better since like 
1500 and you're going to just have to accept that all political action is futile because actually your life rocks. That's more or less what his perce- perception is. But then he was <laughs> like, yeah, it's amazing. Capitalism has brought down, has brought up rather the wage of like the poorest 4 billion people in the world by upwards of a dollar. And it's like, it's, it's doubled, folks. Look at this. In 1492, you'd have had to have eaten posset for dinner. Do you want that? No. Now shut up. <laughs> yeah, right, well, so- yeah, it's... it's um. I mean, he lo- Pinker and like guys like Pinker love the elephant graph, where it's Boy. like, oh look, yeah, the the, at- the, world- John <laughs> the world's absolute lowest, like the people, the absolute poorest people in the world, their income is like you know quadrupled in X amount of time, and it's like, yeah, no, that means they earn twenty five cents more a day. Wonderful, <laughs> absolutely love to see it. <laughs> don't like read. Don't look at any other data about it. Don't spend that all at once, fam. (laughs) So that's the thing, right? Like he will, Pinker will say like, look, life is is amazing uh, because like life expectancy has increased markedly between 1771 and 2015, but he just doesn't address that it's been in decline since 2015. Or he'll say like Black Lives Matter is a bad organization because police killings of black men have gone down since the 70s, but fails to mention that like one in three will spend time in prison, which is considerably up from then. But the thing is, the, the debunking of all of his like terrible stats um, is not something we're equipped to do because we're all we're all silly people. Um, I actually have a, I, I actually have a PhD in statistics. <laughs> a lot of people I have a P- don't know I, I have that. A PhD in, I have a PhD in Wibistics, uh, the, <laughs> um, the fake company from The Sopranos second season that Sean Gismonti pumps and dumps. I actually I have an associate's degree in pre-calc. <laughs> I, 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 I studied uh, advanced placement cryptocurrency pump and dump schemes. <laughs> I'm uh, just pumping it to some cryptocurrency. I have an, M- I have an MFA in cloud studies. I've, I actually... <laughs> that shit's accumulating numbers right there. I got, I got a MacArthur Genius Grant in uh, face tattooing. That's what's so the whole episode now? Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> right. I, I will anyway, have a joke for this a... as soon as I find an, another millennial thing. Like once we've got past face tattoos. Oh, yes. Give me a third thing. Well, I'll that's have a joke Gen Zed. Okay, great. All right, cool. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you. edit that back in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a very good episode of Citations Needed that like really rigorously debunks all of the maths. Um, but I think what I've done is I've gone through this book and I've just found some of the the choicest morsels of what he of what of what Pinker has to say. Mm. Um, but first, let's sort of let's do a little table setting. Who is so just so just what race is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out the TF calipers. I thought that somebody was redistributing wealth from the global middle class to the poorest ten percent of the world, but they were actually charging a Gulfstream G six plane on route to a lawless uh, island in the Caribbean owned by a billionaire. <laughs> a Gulfstream G six. <laughs> My father was Malcolm Gladwell, and my mother was an idiot, so I have my PhD in cognitive psychology from Harvard. Jeffrey Epstein has purchased uh, Dr. No's volcano lair, but when it opens up, there's just a load of kids in there. Oh, boy. <laughs> there's a kid. James Bond shows up, and he's like, well, this is much less perilous to the fate of the Earth, but it's like a lot more fucked up than I was expecting. No, you can't. James Bond is like, that is not your job. That is part parliament's job 
<laughs> James Bond is like, technically it's legal. <laughs> He's not breaking the Geneva Convention. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, Steven Pinker shows up on roundups of the intellectual dark web thinkers that now is basically everyone from, you know, Sargon of Akkad to Ricky Gervais, uh, whose ideas are too true and dangerous for the mainstream to accept. Sargon of Gervais. Um, and... What makes him different from like Richard Spencer is that he, so is that Pinker's main point on this kind of shit is like IQ differences between races might be real, but it doesn't mean you should be individually racist, which is conflated with rudeness, basically. Like that's more like all of his ideas are really fucking boring. He just what he yeah. does is he is like just strapped a feeding tube of graphs uh, into your nostrils, more or less. Yeah. That's why Trump is bad, because Trump doesn't realize that doing racism properly is, in, is like instituting institutionally racist policies rather than like calling people WAPs on Twitter. <laughs> um, and I actually, in preparation for this, I listened to the episode of Jordan Peterson's podcast with Steven Pinker uh, on it, which was very... It's very <laughs> Has your brain expanded? It was, I got <laughs> so smart. skull is cracking. I the- actually, I tried to download that, but I actually have to update my NVIDIA card. <laughs> they said like couldn't handle the IQ. I was like, that's weird. You had to trepan yourself yeah. to download it. <laughs> you need uh, one terabyte of RAM to process this podcast. Damn, well, shit, smart yeah, as fuck. I need quantum, I need quantum yeah. computing to process this IQ, <laughs> and that's why only Riley Reed can listen to it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why only Riley Reed can listen to the po- to the podcast that I'm going to start, Riley to Riley, where I individually reach out to Riley Reed. Thank you for explaining that joke that I only just realized we made off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, the people deserve to know about my new project. This is my soft pilot for Riley to Riley. Yeah, it's going to be the new Chapo Trap House, guys, once that gets started. (laughs) No, stop downloading the Patreon. I need Riley to listen to it. Um, You think it slows down Patreon's bandwidth? That's the best part. If other people subscribe to it. Um. So here's here's this example of the way that like Pinker thinks. Um, Peterson says, "Well, obviously, solar power actually has killed a lot more people than nuclear power." Pinker's response is, "Through sunburn and melanoma, almost." Pinker's response is, "Well, obviously, it's because solar panel installers can fall off the roof." I IQ IQ stat is maxed out. Continue. Why amazing. Oh all my of, all God. of the society Hot to Stephen Pinker is just Laurel and Hardy movies. Like, there's like everyone's being cru- like, I was just finishing fitting this solar panel, and I was crushed to death by a piano that fell out of the sky. <laughs> I, I, it's right. fucked up that when you put in solar power, you have to have one extremely fat man and one skinny one move a chandelier very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> and all the surfaces have to be greased no one knows why also it absolutely rules that no nuclear plant has ever been constructed they all just occur naturally well if you look at it those to- like nuclear cooling towers are uh, curved so if people fall they just roll off it's like a half pipe <laughs> yeah like it's a dope site that's why they have the x games near nuclear yeah. power plants yeah I, 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 lo- I love getting my power from the american ninja warrior course <laughs> absolutely um, that is, and, oh my god, Harvard is so cool. It's just, because it's just like guys who think like that, like just have a complete fucking bird brain thing where it's like, you know, uh, actually, if you think about it, uh, 
like uh, universal health care is bad because then like there's no there's no decentivizing people from doing amateur jackass or backward backyards wrestling. <laughs> well, I mean, and, honestly, and, and, and people are like, "Wow, you really you know went around the idea." Good work. Imagine how extreme Bam Margera would have gotten if he'd have had universal health care. I'm Bam Margera, and this is shooting myself in the head in front of my parents. <laughs> it just it just like completely just taking the most obtuse weird it's like you can you can out try to outthink yourself so much that you just basically are a facebook guy but with more words it's the same like damn they say that shit safe but what if so what if so what if a solar panel fell on somebody that'd be fucked up damn you're right dude what what even is his his like i know he's an academic but what is his field like obviously not anything to do with engineering right like he's Oh, is he? Well, that, that's all, every, all every time I've seen Steven Pinker referenced, uh, you know, they're like all the all the suck up articles that are like, you know, genius Steven Pinker says to Black Lives Matter movement. Think about what it's like to be white. You know, uh, <laughs> they just refer to him as like Harvard thinker. And yeah. I think that's I think his job is just to walk around Harvard and go get, like get a degree in just well, in thinking is. Yeah, exactly. They just, I mean, they, his job is that he's paid to just like go to Davos oh, and be awesome. like, yeah, do this well, shit. He actually is paid to go to Davos and say, what if political correctness has gone too far? Like yeah. he's paid to go to Davos and just like read YouTube comments and Reddit threads, but to dress it up in academic language more or less. <laughs> well, Black Lives Matter actually kills black men because when black men don't get arrested, then they return to their jobs as solar panel fitters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the- but but he, I think he like he does. I think he he does. I should have looked this up before, but he's a cognitive he, psychologist. Yeah, what, what the fuck are. even is that I'll- though? Like, I know what a psychologist Cut. does. What what? What subset of that is cognitive psychology? Is it just it's like imagine imagine if you took all the Freud, like all of the kind of attempts to have like insight into the human condition uh-huh. out of psychology and instead tried to make it about like a combination of race science and poorly thought out experiments. Awesome. It's like just doing the Milgram experiment over and over again. Yeah, the two, the two genders of psychology. There's either fuck your mom psychology or like caliper psychology. <laughs> yeah. So he's a Co- cog. Guy. Cog psych is like I guess it's like one level above Evo psych, oh. which is just everyone with an Evo psych PhD has been on the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> yo, I've got a PhD in Mitsubishi Evo, yo. That shit's got a dope <laughs> spoiler. They're coming back, um, dude. <laughs> So I, I I've, I'm cracking into this. Um, I've got a little bit of of pre of pre talk, which is well pre talk. Uh, Nate, can I mean take that again? <laughs> I've got a, a little bit of of, of article like, pre talk <laughs> leaking out of my dick. Shut up. <laughs> okay, fine, Nate, keep it in. Um, so this is from an interview where he's like, core idea is that the world is getting better, and so don't complain about it, right? So uh, he's asked by the interviewer, "What first gave you the idea that the world was getting better?" And he says, I just stumbled across data showing that violence had declined over the course of history. The homicide rate in England was 50 times higher in the 14th century than it is today. Awesome. Thank you. The 14th century is just people continuously coming home and finding their wife banging the surf from across the village. (laughs) People were getting getting killed constantly for a coal ship, like, for a ton of dumb reasons then. But that's why we can't question, like... The economic paradigm that came up in the 1970s. Milton Friedman is right because we don't burn witches anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's weird that they view uh, like history as a sort of as the continuous like run of human progress, and yet they also assume that progress has now stopped. 
which is like it's like how can it be like because they also they don't acknowledge that like things have historically in like gotten a lot worse at various periods like the roman empire ends and then shit gets real fucked up for like a really long time and then stuff gradually gets better again like they've never actually thought or read anything they just believe in the continuity of the roman empire through like moscow as third rome or uh the holy roman empire Uh, but he he's then asked Oh, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's Pinker's like general thing is very late nineties, like um, like as I know, you know. Yeah, well, it's the end of history. I mean, I know all of you on this podcast are fifteen he's years. The film Space Jam, and he's like, it doesn't get better than this. <laughs> you, all of you on the all of you on this podcast, all of you listen. The oldest among you are fifteen years old, so you literally weren't alive during this time. You know, but me as a 17 year old Twitch streamer who was frozen for many years after he was born, so I still get to be 17. I was still born in 1990. And living real life idiocracy. That's right. That's right. I have the biggest brain of all time now. Very, very humbled. But uh, it was a very 90s thing to be like, well, America balanced the budget deficit. Pretty much all the major problems are done. I think we can. Uh, I think we're going to take care of racism before this decade's over. And it was just, yeah. just the same sort of like Pinker bird brain horseshit. And it was sort of it was the rise of Bono as an international citizen of the world who would eliminate poverty by uh, making a special type of iPod. That was that was in the two thousands, but it was an extension of magical nineties center left so thinking. Kill, we're going to kill racism with tax credits for yeah. basically. Yeah, right? it, and. It was like the nineties. The nineties were in a, they were an exciting and absolutely idiotic time because, of course, there was a high, high index of human misery. Uh, a lot of it actually in the West, where we had said that we had solved all our problems, but it there was sort of a rush job to be like, well, Cold War is done, the budget is balanced. I think, yeah, now now we take on the existential problems and then, you know, by 2002, we're going to live forever. Let's do it, guys. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like then Cold 9-11 World. happened. But Pinker, God bless him. He's such a holdover from this time. Pinker is, he actually is like a public figure from this time. Because, oh, yeah. you know, you know, public intellectuals after 9-11, they would all just be like very dour uh university professors yeah guys who thought they lived in lord of the rings and were fighting an existential (laughs) battle of good and evil because they wrote blog posts about how we should you know go to war but there weren't as many guys like pinker and the fact that we're seeing him back i guess i guess it shows uh you know obama he really was for 90s kids because what steven pinker could be the most 90s public figure we have Oh, absolutely. If he'd been born a couple years earlier, he would have, or not even born a couple years earlier, but if he'd like timing had been different, that he would have been in the Obama White House as like, as the like, you know, senior, uh, senior optimism strategist or whatever. Welcome back to Keenan Kell and Steven Pinker. <laughs> so, so Steven Pinker's interviewer says, okay, so what's behind all the good news? And here's, here's what Steven says. The o- most overarching explanation would be that the European Enlightenment worked. The idea that mm-hmm. if we, we being humanity, set ourselves the goal of improving well-being, and if we try to figure out how the world works using reason and science, every once in a while we can succeed. Hell yeah. Dude. I love yeah. using yeah. logic to Everyone feels works. like they're living in a Victorian painting showing the destruction of a biblical city. Like, you can see <laughs> the storm clouds coming over the horizon. Nobody thinks this. Who thinks this? Well, it's also, the, uh, the other thing I love about like the, the, the who thinks this question is he's like, 
does he think that we invented just using a b reasoning or like means yeah, and yeah, thinking we invented in like the being 1700s smart. we invented being smart and we're doing <laughs> being smart to racism and climate change and whatever else and we're gonna fix it it's perfect yeah absolutely no one was thinking before. That was the problem. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, they were just guessing. Yeah, you just, you're just in, in murdering Wallards for, like, doing Christianity wrong. Yeah. Dude, those Romans were wild. They'd just be like, hey, should we use logic to solve this problem? Nah, let's just look at this goat intestine. <laughs> in the 1600s, everyone was just a complete moron who was just like, oh, damn, I can't kill enough witches to make the crops grow. Damn, I, I, damn, I, like I, I really wish I could get the things that I say, the sounds that come out of my mouth and put them in my head before people could hear them. That's like, like, oh my God, this I'm is imagining a, like a, a business motivation guy, but from the 1600s who's like, hey, you know what? I get up at 4 a.m. and that's how I murder 60 witches a day and also read 800 pamphlets a day. <laughs> I like, I just, this is, this is like a subgenus of uh, Pinker, Pinker guys are guys who like, they, uh, through like Evo Psych and Cog Psych are like, all right, I have figured out the exact period in human history where cognitive thought began. <laughs> there was actual personalization and they write a they write a 950 page book called like generals of the mind how the west invented thinking and then barack obama is like this is the best book i've read of 2018 that's stephen po- say that's actually not far wrong uh felix because there is a prominent sort of uh liberal establishment thinker thinker liberal establishment thinker who does think that uh, so bill gates on his website writes that Enlightenment Now opens with an argument in favor of returning to the ideals of the Enlightenment, an era where reason, science, and humanism were touted as the highest, touted as the highest ideals, and then in parentheses, Gates notes insiders can get a preview of this section of the book. Oh, damn, I love being, I love being on the Mind Generals pre-order. I love lining, <laughs> I love lining up around the GameStop to pick it up, making the soy face when I get it. Dude, is Bill Gates' Patreon doing okay? I mean, I worry for him. <laughs> I love getting Bill Gates' nudes on Patreon. Bill Gates lost all his money on crypto. Bill Gates. <laughs> the world is getting better, even if it doesn't feel that way all the time. I'm glad we have brilliant thinkers like Steven Pinker to help us see the big picture. Enlightenment Now is my new favorite book of all time. Wow. All, all time, Bill? Bill Gates read. <laughs> Bill! The Bill. greatest book of all time? <laughs> Dude, the best book of all time is just graphs. It's the ultimate STEM opinion. But it just, it's like, it's like, but there have to be books that are like as asinine in this as this and have made the same points that Pinker generally makes that are like better written or what? The oh, fuck? No, Steve, Bill Gates could totally equally say something like, look, I like a world where community is presented as the highest order. Therefore, the Richard Scary Busy Town books should be read by every world leader. <laughs> but Busy Town are Rashi. literally better books in every criteria that you judge. Leading books. Invo- enlightenment figure Richard Scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there are all those bits in the Busy Town books where like there's all like people doing the slave trade, but it's presented in this like smiley for kids way. I'm getting all my oh, moral worldview from animorphs. It would be cool. It would be cool to like. Um, Post pictures of you like of Busy Town, like you're reading, you know, like you're reading uh, 
Oh, I just revealed myself. I don't know any books that people <laughs> actually read. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, you know, one of those books that, like, the, the fucking book people on Twitter read. You know, like, The Wife's Letter. Such I don't, as My I don't Side know. by David Beckham. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, 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 exactly. The Keemstar Autobiography. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the Eric, Jordan by Katie Price. Yeah, the Eric Trump Authorized Biography. Uh, <laughs> and they just post it, and they're like, this! And it's just like a worm driving a bus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, really, I'm getting back into Richard Scary this year. I don't think I'm ready. I went through a tough breakup, and I think I'm ready to uh, reread Busy Town. I reread the Richard Scary books every year, and you know what? I get something different from them every time. <laughs> it should be like to have hour long discussions about Richard Scary in an adult dinner party. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> You just you have, you have, you have passive passive aggressive arguments in the car with your with your wife. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I already know what subtext is, but yeah. Thank you for for explaining. You know, the bear who owns the hat shop to me. Oh, and don't think I didn't know what you were talking about when you suggested that Mister Messi refers to the disorganized soul. I know that was directed at me. Helen. Yeah. Sure, you think the worm represents late capitalist malaise, but how would he even know about that? It's a worm. Read the book um, that Shinzo Abe, Barack Obama, and Bill Gates are reading. Busy town. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let, yeah, let's let's crack open the cardboard pages of Steven Pinker's Busy Town and let's see what he's getting busy with. I just thought of like a hype beast Japanese prime minister Shinzo Abe. Anyway, oh good, fine, good. <laughs> I haven't got that out All of the right. way. So, Steve, basically, what I've done is I've picked some passages from this book. I'm going to read. And we're going to go through it. It's not actually an order because the order in which he writes it is basically here's what the Enlightenment is. It's when we invented being smart. Look at all these graphs. I'm worried about free about pe- free speech on campus. That's how it's organized. The arguments are asinine, and we've heard them before a zillion times. So, we're going to focus more on like the little bits of what he says. So, on his own philosophy. We don't have a catchy name for a constructive agenda that reconciles long-term gains with short-term setbacks, historical currents, and human agency. It's called the 5-2 diet. <laughs> Kevin Kelly offers Protopia, the pro from progress and process, and Topia from utopia. <laughs> Others have suggested mono means one and real means real. <laughs> Others have suggested pessimistic hopefulness, optorealism, and radical incrementalism. <laughs> <laughs> Radical incrementalism. Wow. My favorite comes Holy from fucking shit. Someone's using all, all 300 of his IQ points right now. All of these are new <laughs> centrist <laughs> parties. Radical <laughs> <laughs> incrementalism is talking someone into anal sex. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the best one coming up. My favorite um, is a serious possibilist. <laughs> wow. oh, I'm lyrical. Yeah. Whoa. St- Steven Pinker backpack rapper. That's what he is. Serious possibilist Steven Pinker. <laughs> that, oh my god. These are Yeah. I'm ex- I'm exhausted. Like solid like it, villains like Cog Psych and like serious possibilist. <laughs> you have to take out the controller. Steven Pinker talking to Jeffrey Epstein. You're even worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, st- you. In order to beat um, Opta Realist in Metal Gear, you have to unplug the controller and plug it back in the second port. <laughs> Whoa! These are just—they're just. This is just so exhausting. It's exa- exactly. like like this is because it's like he just outworks you. Like the pace that he keeps up is you can't match it because he just he he has this. 
he has this level of enthusiasm for complete horseshit that no one i don't think anyone on earth has the energy to like refute as it goes he just, he has this how are you going to ba- argue against opto realism yeah because that's what mm. i yo that's actually what i was feeling when i was reading this book and trying to grab stuff which is that you can't grab onto it anywhere he never like makes a clear claim that isn't just a spurious statistical claim. It's always just this vague, like, well, actually, you shouldn't worry. Here's a graph. And it's like, I can't get into it. It's like trying to claw smoke. It's like he took the limitless pill, but it just sort of like <laughs> yeah. makes you dumber, but you can work faster. You just do shoddier work at a pace that is too great for anyone to keep up with. He was given a placebo of the limitless pill, and now he thinks he's really smart. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Damn, I'm um, a god at this brain shit. Very cool, Stephen. He thinks he knows Mandarin Chinese, and he's just making noises that he likes from the menu. Like. <laughs> That's Charles Corrin. <laughs> He's, he's just, he walks up, he thinks that speaking Mandarin Chinese is just saying, hello, 152, 153, 76. <laughs> he's like going, four. chow mein, chop suey, thank you. Actually, if you look at it, it's a very mathematical language. Uh, you just <laughs> say the number say the number of what you want, and it is presented in front of you, and I actually think that is something we could learn That's from. That's why the Chinese are so good at math. Just <laughs> have this graph of how much Chinese you speak. <laughs> as as, as you see, it's, it's quadrupled. As you see, in the last two weeks, Steven Pinker has spoken more Chinese than the rest of the 90% of the grab, which is every Chinese person. <laughs> Chinese is actually a STEM subject. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Very cool, Steven. <laughs> okay, so here, here's an on reason, which he thinks he... and This is what he thinks he's arguing for. This is what he thinks about reason. And this is who he thinks he's arguing against. There's the postmodern credo that reason itself is a pretext to assert power. But this position has a fatal flaw. It refutes itself. As soon as critics of reason and science open their mouths to begin their defense, they've lost the argument because they have in that very act tacitly committed to persuasion. That is, adducing reasons for what they are about to argue. Well, this is... There's a lot going on here, as we say. But I like the... Can we just go with the implicit premise that, like, there are... Steven Pinker is, like, he's constantly arguing with people who are, like... Dude, that fact shit, I'm done with it. <laughs> no, there's no A follows B. Reason, there's no reason for anything. Reasons suck, dude. Talks, you're a pussy. He talks to socialists, but only the dumb guy socialism. But it's not even so. It's just like someone Steven who's- Steven has been on this podcast. Someone who- <laughs> yeah. This is like- This is like- This is like Stefan Molyneux shit. This is like- uh, yeah, yeah. People will, people will say that they're against the idea of things being true. But when they say that things are true, they're false. Uh, they are committing to the idea that truth is real. But it's like, who the fuck are you arguing with? Yeah. Who? What do you mean against reason? What the fuck are you yeah. talking some, about? Some people are in favor of the credo that reason is bad. But I'm in favor of another credo. One I've adopted from <laughs> the brave men and women of the United States military. <laughs> this is, well, um, it, it's like this is equivalent this is again like steven pinker is you think so hard you become a facebook guy this is like you know when people say pedophilia is good and we should murder pit bulls it's like wait who (laughs) who the fuck are you arguing with it's it's like this is the same way of being like he imagines that someone has said to him actually facts are racist and his response (laughs) is uh actually facts don't have a brain themselves and so cannot hold racist (laughs) opinions try again oh oh oh, oh, really facts are racist well a lot of them are chinese (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely <laughs> totally destroyed. Who would think that because China had so, because China like sort of developed an administrative like educational system that they had more facts than the rest of the world for a while? <laughs> that's the next. We can't allow a fact gap. That's the next. Yeah, that's the next Steven mm. Pinker book. The fact deficit. It would be so easy to become one of these guys. Why the fuck yeah. don't all of us do it? It's so easy. Just, like, Chinese facts, my yeah. new book. Yeah. Um, uh, no more Pinocchios. The invention of facts and the rise of truth in the West. Oh. Awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> this is, uh, this is a plausible title. Riley, you said this back in the beginning about him being like Malcolm Gladwell, but like lawful Gladwell. And I'm intrigued by the idea of like Malcolm Gladwell true facts being like an alignment like that. Oh no! In the DMs, we've been to, in the in we've been talking about this all day. Like Jordan Peterson is evil Gladwell. Um, Steven Pinker is lawful Gladwell. And then um, Malcolm Gladwell is who's true chaotic? Gladwell, of course. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell is true Gladwell. <laughs> Lawful neutral Gladwell. <laughs> then um, what is it? I think Joe Rogan is chaotic Gladwell. Oh, I was going to say Joe, Joe Rogan is Dungeon Master. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all a simulation that he's experiencing. Like Joe Rogan is rolling all of our lives, and we don't even know it. Oh my god! How different would Joe Rogan's life have been if he'd been like twenty years older, and he'd have had to have done the Joe Rogan experience in the nineties? Like he's just on like Ebaum's world, being like, "Hey, download this MP3 of me talking about DMT on LimeWire." It's just a flash game. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would love to do a D&D adventure with Steven Pinker where you just have to have facts that are like plus four to, to smithing or whatever. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> okay. So um, on, on wealth, here's what Steven has to say about wealth. Among the brain children of the Enlightenment is the realization that wealth is created and it is pr created primarily by knowledge and competition. Networks of people arrange physical matter into improbable but useful configurations that combine the fruits of their ingenuity and oh, labor. Dude, I, I love networks of people. Massive. Does he mean slaves? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, wait, is he saying that the Enlightenment, the concept of economic growth, didn't exist before? It's like, yeah, no, it uh, after, you know, they invented the wheel and then they invented the set amount of money in the world. And yeah. then, you know, and Francis, Francis Bacon came along and said, yo, Let's just make some more money. Let's get let's let's wet the, let's wet this <laughs> bread, boys. <laughs> let's wet this money it's on for paper, centuries. motherfucker. This is uh, so stupid. This is so fucking <laughs> stupid. I like I, 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 I like I always like you know you ever I I I have like a few family members that uh, believe this type of thing, and I generally like avoid arguing with them because it's like well if someone's like 60 and believes this it's sort of like a function of their age right they have to believe the world that they're leaving with the beliefs that they've practiced like it's actually fine everything's okay there's just a few problems you have to fix and generally someone can like believe these things and still be like a good person they often are just like good people who want the like wish the world was a better place and have tricked themselves into believing it through like just absolute nonsense like this and i always like well, that's and i also don't like want to argue it because i've like never read any of this crap and i'm like well i don't know if i could even refute it i don't like know that many things outside of uh keemstar podcast appearances but actually like hearing it for the first time i'm like this is Moronic. Like, this is so shoddily constructed. You just refuse it with the Keemstar thing. So you'd be like, among the brain children of the Enlightenment is the realization that clout is created. <laughs> yeah, there was a set amount of yeah. clout during the Iron Age. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> well, we asked <laughs> the question. to gather a gaming society. <laughs> we asked the question, right? Like, who is this book for? And Felix, I think you kind of hit on who this book is for. It's for people who are feeling kind of uncomfortable about the world, who are probably just okay, but who don't consider themselves political and want to be reassured that things are more or less fine. Like, mm. it's a book with no forward projects. Just re- it's, just, it's just patting people on the back who want to keep considering themselves apolitical. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just people who have, like, 20 to 30 years left, and they've, like, they've benefited immeasurably from the course of the world from the time they were born till now. And they're, like, they're a smart enough person to see that the world around them is very painful for a great many number of people. But not like enough to be like, all right, well, the status quo is we're headed towards ecological. Grandparents sadly exi- lamenting that yeah. you can't say you can't molest a kid on a plane anymore. <laughs> 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 they see like, yeah, we're heading towards like existential ecological disaster, but they have to. It's too late for them to change their mind. They're, they they yeah. it's been too good for them and their family, and they're just like. Actually, you love. Actually, you love it. Actually, it's great. <laughs> the well, guy, this what... this guy, you know, uh, this guy Stephen Baker says, well, you know, three hundred years ago we invented thinking. Imagine what we can do if we keep going on the same course. We were going to invent thinking too. <laughs> well, Whoa. actually, it's it's funny you say it. I'll, I'll I'll jump to this uh, this other passage where he says what he's setting out to do is explain what he calls the optimism gap. He says when it comes to happiness, most Americans are underachievers. Anxiety and depressive symptoms have increased in the post-war decades in many people, and none of us are happy as we ought to be given how amazing our world has become. That's such Joe, that's literally Joe Osteen shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's the prosperity gospel for liberals who are atheists. It's the the new atheist prosperity gospel. Like, this is the same, like, uh, every sort of fucking huckster American Protestant megalomaniac super minister has something like this where it's like you it's 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 again it's a facebook thing again like oh you're complaining guess what there are people in africa dying right now so (laughs) but except for in in pinker's panels on slippery roofs (laughs) but i but i guess i guess in pinker's case it's like oh you feel bad well people in africa have quadrupled their income how about that, dude? I, I want to switch the and red no, state. Both those people are assholes. I want to switch the red state both, both to blue state for this and just have like red state small business tyrants who like own a muffler shop empire or something being like, well, you know, the global rate of happiness has increased. It, it, but it's like it's like a worldly evangelical thing. There are different types of evangelicals in America, and you know, you just have like the loathsome guys who have the minister who has uh, frosted tips, who ju- who are just like you know, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was exactly an evangelical. Yeah, yeah, the guys who are like Jesus Christ was the Roy Moore of his time. Actually, if you look at it, and then you have. This is more the Rick Warren type, where it's like living gratitude, uh, you know, realizing that God has favored us to be. It's like Hillsong, Rick Warren, that type of genus, the more cosmopolitan evangelical who realizes that they have to, through like their, their business or their geographical location, have to traffic with more liberals in the world. So they take a more conciliatory approach to things. Yeah. And functionally, it's identical to this garbage. It's absolutely, absolutely identical. 
Well, the way I see it is like Steve, it's like Steven Pinker's 14 words are we must secure the happiness of our people in a future for our dopey children. But it's not that's what's amazing about it is there is this implicit thing in Pinker and guys like Pinker where it reminds me okay so there was this article I saw in the greatest you know one of the people at the forefront of thinking too Vox <laughs> where it was like the worst thing about if America doesn't do TPP is it will be a wealth transfer away from the world's poorest people where you oh, yeah. yeah you refuse to take an absolute numeric or contextual income look at like the incomes of the poorest people in the world and go well technically they'll make 30 cents more so that triples their income and blah 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 and it, the undergirding thing about that is like they, they were saying we're going to be sacrificing their income for the income of middle class people and you know generally i hate 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 the over focus of middle class in western politics it's just you say that because you can't talk about poor people because they because they deserve they deserve their predicament whereas middle class people are just you know they're trying their best and maybe their kids will invent the fitbit but uh there, there is this thing like in in the elephant graph in pinker's overall thing in this sort of like global free trade gospel there is this thing well it's where it's like well the only people it hasn't gotten better for are the middle class and let's be honest you know they you know they're they're okay uh and again you know obviously less important than the most economically precarious people but what makes it so irritating is that pinker is also saying implying and just outright saying the people at the highest end of the graph the richest people they deserve it because they invented fitbit <laughs> <laughs> he actually has a passage on why billionaires are good and deserve their wealth uh which which i've captured which i think sort of uh dovetails into this nicely it so, slipped into your pokeball so he says uh, among the world's billionaires is jk rowling author of the harry potter novels which have sold more than 400 million copies and have been adapted into a series of films by a similar number of people seen by a similar number of people suppose that a billion people have handed over ten dollars each for the pleasure of a harry potter paperback or movie ticket with just a tenth of the proceeds going to rowling she has become a billionaire increasing inequality but she's made people better off not worse off this doesn't mean that Rowling's wealth is just desserts for her effort or skill, or reward for li the literacy and happiness she added to the world. Her wealth just arose as a byproduct of voluntary decisions of billions of book buyers and moviegoers. And oh, that's how we see these billionaires. No. What, what does she do? Also, what does she do with that money? She makes terrible tweets. I'm going <laughs> to grab a cup of coffee. That really hurt me. <laughs> Those tweets are very expensive, Alice. Well, it's like... Millions of man hours to produce, and so, but yeah, he's like, "Look, this is we don't know what causes billionaires. Hey, just billionaires just happen. They're cool. They're fine. They're like black holes. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows how they arise, but they have this gravitational pull that and, sucks everything. And in. it's like, and, and at no point does he think like he's like, oh, it's cool. Like this, this richest one percent of people in human history have sort of managed to like make have managed to make all this all this money, whatever. But he doesn't see the other side of it, which is that try making a movie that isn't Harry Potter." You know, and or like try seeing a movie yeah. that isn't Harry Potter, right? I've just had a thought, and right, that's so, and between her and Elon Musk is the end game of capitalism, where you, like you win, and the final like end stage is just posting forever. That's your like punishment, <laughs> is you just have to tweet. Yeah. We've all short circuited it. Just start doing that now. <laughs> I, as much as I want to talk about how J.K. Rowling is one of the worst posters in the world, um, this is. Are, do you guys know Gregory Mankiw? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have a passing familiarity. Yeah, the the awful guy. American economist who basically poisoned the brains of uh, millions of my my generation, the previous generation, by writing macro and micro textbooks for American colleges that are like, you know, actually, like any regulation and taxes, uh, if you look at this graph that excludes all of other external factors, they, they make the y-axis sad. <laughs> Rent control is bad. Look, it's making the y-axis sad. You don't want to make the y-axis sad, huh? Yeah. And you got to give yeah. the y-axis Viagra. <laughs> and Mancu, Mancu is like anyone with like just a passing understanding can read him, read his awful textbooks, and realize that they're like just wretched propaganda. But he at least like tries hard harder than this. This is offensively stupid. The thing where it's like it increases inequality, but people were happy when they read Harry Potter. Even Mankiw would go for something where it's like, yes, but the economic activity from buying the book increases the GDP and blah, blah, blah. Or like, you know, per, yeah. uh, perhaps the, perhaps there's a trade-off between leisure hours and blah. He will try some sort of economic justification for inequality, whereas this is just like – well, well, well. We turned. It turns out the magic was reading all along. So there's no, 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 no more no, no, magic no, 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 inequality. This is more Facebook. This is you're just jealous of rolling. You didn't work as hard as rolling. You're just jealous. It's why are you so, complaining? He's not even fucking trying. He's not even trying. Yeah. I could literally do this job and like do a better yeah. job and come up with more like actual better statistic fake statistic like numbers juking than this. He's not. He just fucking gave up like a third of the way through and was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to eat regardless. That's yeah. what this book is. That's what this is. This is the guy on Facebook where they're like, you, uh, <laughs> you stole copper wiring from my house. You called the police on me after you stole from me. Well, you know, you can say what you want, but I'm going to eat regardless. Okay. <laughs> and he's not even he's not even doing proper Steven Pinker because he's willfully ignoring the fact that some of those Harry Potter books are very big and heavy and inevitably will have fallen from shelves cussing <laughs> and possibly killing and maiming small children. Well, if it, well, okay, well think about the Kindle though and then you realize that Jeff Bezos has saved more lives than all the doctors in human human history combined. People who have Whoa. not been oh, damn. crushed by bookshelves. And actually, oh, 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 dude, here's the, here's the Steven Pinker take. People get mad at Jeff Bezos for promoting inequality. But if you think about it, the Kindle has replaced bookshelves. And now secret societies can no longer use fake bookshelves to hide their meetings. And they have to do it out <laughs> in the open. And the world is more transparent. So Jeff Bezos is also the greatest transparency activist of all time. Well, you go around to George Soros's house and you're like, "Hey George, why do you have a giant Amazon Kindle set into your wall?" <laughs> like, What's <laughs> the thing? That's the uh, that's the other thing he's doing is he's doing a kind of switch here where it's like, yeah, there is there is J.K. Rowling who, as you know, as objectionable as she is, sort of has it. Uh, her relationship to directly making people poorer is more um, is is less sort of close than a billionaire like Jeff Bezos who is a billionaire because what he's done is he's stripped out and casualized and eliminated millions and millions of jobs and put people on poverty wages. His being a billionaire actually does make people's lives worse. And he's just kind of glossing over that in a really obvious low effort way that does insult the intelligence of anyone reading this book. Jeffrey Kisses. <laughs> Very fun. It's just, anyway. It's, that is the thing about this that is it, it just the lack of effort is stunning oh. 
The Can only the, 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 I'm reading the first book I've read in literally five years now scars my struggle. <laughs> and oh, yeah. you know this Even is the book. This facts. is the book that like Obama and fucking Bill Gates should read because at least Nausgaard is trying so hard. Like he's working his ass off to remember like a weird argument he had with his brother when he was seven. And Stephen he had graphs. And it's like it's it's because and Nausgaard's presentation is like, well, this is what happened in my life, and he's just working his ass off. And then you have this, which is just this pompous fucking asshole with like a psychedelic illustration of einstein's hair he has that yeah. thing he has that thinker hair that that hair where it's like damn i can't even comb my hair the ideas make it blow up i got a, ideas blow up my iq is too high to straighten it Genius uh, I, I can't cut my hair because i actually my my head ran out of space to put all my synapses and they're in my hair now I have the, I have the IQ haircut, and he's like, all right, guys, I've solved all the problems of the world, and it's just this shit. He doesn't even give a shit. He's so fucking lazy. He's just not a good worker. Steven- Felix, I'm about, I'm about to kill you with this next one, because this is low effort. If you want to hear low effort, this is low effort. This is Pinker on the environment and climate change. One response to the prospect of climate change is to deny that it is occurring or that human activity is the cause. It is completely appropriate, of course, to challenge the hypothesis of human-generated climate change on scientific grounds. The great virtue of science is that a true hypothesis will, in the long run, withstand attempts to falsify it. And uh, human-generated climate change is the most vigorously challenged scientific hypothesis in history. So by now, all the major challenges uh, have been refuted, and even the many skeptics have been convinced. Cool. But literally also, all the skeptic okay. like the like skeptics are in charge of the EPA, change. you fucking jack off. Like yeah, what? Like the, 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 it's like this is what you had when you're just like this is like the perfect pinker thing where you willfully like ignore power and capital. Is just you're just like everything is just an ideas battle, and this idea is winning because more people believe X, and it's like. Well, that doesn't really fucking matter that much if, like, literally all the power behind capital and government is skeptical or just doesn't yeah. care. Oh, my God. He's so- like, all Shell had to do was play for time. They just had to play for time so that they could get it over the line so they could get the so they could, like, lobby for the tax bill to be passed. So all that shit could happen. And now they're like, OK, well, it doesn't matter anymore. So we don't have to keep arguing. And Pinker's like, ah, once again, Vol- the method of Voltaire wins the day. Yeah, it's just so fucking. The awful. irony is that like this is the book that would convince Trump that climate change is bad. Like he would read this, he'd be like, "Oh my god!" He wouldn't read. I've just I've been He'd told someone read to me from this book this amazing ancient text about this thing called climate bad. Okay, it's when the climate gets very bad. We're going to do something about it. I've got Jared looking into it. <laughs> the climate. The, looking into the, it. The, the climate is some of the most erratic we've ever seen it in terms of weather. And you know, you know, in my life and your lives, we've seen the. You know, we 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 call it a double spring. You know, when you 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 get a little bit of spring in the in the winter, and you go, hey, I didn't ask for this, and you know, we we like to love it. We like to we like to go around December and go a little fog, a little sixty degree day day day. Hey, it's very nice. You can go for a nice drive, nice drive around the park. We love to drive around the park on a December day, but it's so it's so foggy. It's so foggy you can't see anything. And they put up these wonderful decorations, but you can't see it because of the climate fog. We hate, we we don't we don't like seeing the climate fog. We don't like seeing him. And we you know we go we go okay okay you go away now till spring. But it's double spring. 
it's double spring. And you know the other thing is Jennifer Lawrence, uh, you know, uh, Sheldon Finkelstein from Vanity Fair can write what he 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 wants about her. And you know, first of all, his Christmas party Vanity Fair has been a disaster, and you know you got to wonder why. And Jennifer Lawrence, actually a very nasty person, actually <laughs> very mean, mean woman, very mean woman. <laughs> and Steven Pinker is just sitting at the other end doing the high IQ leg cross and he's like absolutely 100% uh, absolutely I get, yes uh, there, there, is, there is a double spring things have been getting more erratic it's like yes yes more erratic than Lisa Rinna when I was trying to you know see her a couple of times in, in, the, in the early 1990s it was uh, on a friend of mine's boat actually and there were, the, the waves were quite choppy that morning however let me tell you things didn't go choppily with her anyway thank you very much to the Boy Scouts of America you know my, fr- my, fr- my friend Stephen Pinkeye he's completely right and the world is getting better and uh, you know if we remember in uh, the 80s uh yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jamie Gertz wanted me very, 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 very badly, and uh, you know, I just uh, we we could have done that. We could have just had a tremendous uh, time together. But you know, at this at this juncture in time, many have said that uh, me and Kate Upton could be an item. When an American, when a great American in seventeen fifty. Invented the light bulb. That man was Thomas Edison. Okay, when that man, when that man invented the light bulb, Jennifer Lawrence didn't exist. But the, the, it is like, like all he's saying is like Trump shit. Because like, if you ask Trump to like talk about inequality, he'd be like, and you know, you know, my my great friends have done amazing, amazing deals for people. And so, really, who's yeah. equal here? They made a lot of money. They've made so much money. They've made so much, but they made so many people's lives better. It's the yeah. same argument. It's exactly <laughs> the same. Oh, my they, God. They say, they say it's harder to date now, but private plane travel is actually improved <laughs> across the country. <laughs> wow. I, it's just like Trump literally puts more thought into like talking about why the tax bill is good than oh, Steven oh, Pinker. If you, guys, if you guys want to hear some thought, I've got Steven Pinker's two solutions to climate change Please. right now. Let's um, go. Let's go. A fleet of airplanes could spray a fine mist of sulfates, calcite, or nanoparticles into the stratosphere, spreading a thin veil that will reflect back just enough sunlight to prevent dangerous levels of warming. He's trying to put the earth in a niqab. <laughs> He's Islamizing the earth. This is like if you, if you... This is a fucking ether poison scientist from 1900. This is his oh, idea. A fleet of oh, private oh, airplanes going to the islands and the... <laughs> Spraying yeah. whatever liquids in Stephen 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 Pinker. I've actually seen an amazing French science fiction movie, and I think if we make contact with the big face on the moon and avoid hitting him in the <laughs> eye with a rocket this time, we can seek his help on climate change. If, if, if awesome, you want to some nineteen hundreds shit, some early, some nineteenth century shit, rather, here's his second idea. Or a fleet of cloud ships could spray a fine mist of seawater into the air. No, he did not say that. He did not cloud say that ships. in his fucking. He did not say that in his fucking high IQ book. A cloud ship suggests something from Final Fantasy. What the? He wants to make like a pedophilia Hindenburg that's stopping climate change. Look, did he? The thing is, did he? Kids are the only thing that reflects sunlight, but only once they've been fucked. Okay. Only Jeffrey Epstein can save us from climate change. Is now. This, did he like write this on Ambien? Did he fucking? This is like. This is like a fuck. 
This is the most low effort. Actually, this is the most effort he's put in. Just this fucking bird brain, like World's Fair guy opinions about how you fix existential problems. This is the dumbest fucking bullshit I've ever heard. If you literally pulled somebody out of a you took everyone in America who saw Venom in theaters twice and asked them how to fix climate change, they would have better ideas than this. Let's play seawater with cloud ships. Damn, thanks, Steven. Thanks, Stephen. I've been reading this great thinker, Lando Calrissian. You might have heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) These measures, Pinker goes on, are relatively inexpensive, require no new exotic technologies, and could bring global temperatures down quickly. Awesome. How? How do you know, Stephen? You have never indicated any expertise about climate or chemistry or... God. He's going to get a great deal on cloud ships. He's not even fucking trying, man. <laughs> he's not even fucking trying. Oh god. And uh. he's it, this thing it's like he go he's just he's this flowering of imagination that all of a sudden takes place when you have to like confront the crisis of the system, right? Mm. He's just about pulling out cloud ships and seawater whatever. This cloud shit is funny to me. Days. Yeah. Dude, yeah. dude, a fucking zeppelin full of full of chemicals that protect you is so much better than a room full of Black Lives Matter protests that hate you, hungry as fuck. Yeah. He's um, just like he's just like crossing out the HG Wells on the front of HG Wells books and writing Steven Pinker on them and writing like a manifesto for stopping climate change. Um okay, I wanna I wanna bust through a few more of these because there are some other real real sort of bejangles here. Busting over Steven Pinker. Um, the Age of Reason, this is on war, the Age of Reason ropes. and Enlightenment brought denunciations of war from Pascal, Swift, Voltaire, and others. But it was only after World War II that the pacifying forces identified by Immanuel Kant were systematically put into place. War is illegal now, according to the UN. When military <laughs> interventions have been launched, they have been rationalized as regrettable but necessary measures to prevent gl- greater violence. But it wasn't so long ago that war was actually considered worthy and manly. You know, Literally, like, less than 10 years after World War II, there was America... There was a absolutely brutal, insanely costly, stupid war. <laughs> like, we just didn't even take a decade. Just didn't even... Yeah. And oh, my still, God. While he was writing this, we're still in... Fuck it. We're still in a bunch of different conflict theaters around the world. Afghanistan's still, like, a state we made fail. You know, we're still, like, you know... You know, bombing a Syrian airfield that no one's in because, like, you know, some natsec guy's wife won't fuck him or whatever. Like, yeah. it's oh, it's illegal. I R. didn't R. know there was Hussain. no war. <laughs> <laughs> we should just tell like every everyone just getting like vaporized in Yemen or whatever. Like, actually, this isn't happening. It's illegal. It's- getting vaporized, so they can be blown into the atmosphere and stop <laughs> climate change. God damn. Stephen Pink is just like, yo, World War Two was bad, but without World War Two, we wouldn't have got ba- Band of Brothers, and that shit was done. <laughs> All my, it, he's in all my That's losses, his lessons, guy. Better <laughs> argument. That's literally a better yeah. argument than what he's done. He's just—he's <laughs> like J.K. Rowling in World War Two. I, I actually—I'm like coming. I, I'm coming around to this because it's like Stephen Baker has such contempt for the people that read this. It's so clear now. Yeah. He just has complete <laughs> contempt for how little he's to, like. He's just like, oh yeah, the world—the world's worst. Well, you know, do we have the fucking Hallmark Channel? You know, 50 years ago. <laughs> and then Bill Gates is like, oh my God. Oh my God. War is illegal. This is genius. Oh my God. You're the, you have the biggest cloud brain. Cloud ships, you say? Damn, Bill this- Gates read Cloud Ships. He was like, this is my favorite book of my whole life. 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> this is it uh, just Steve, yeah, you, you, you pulled out the you pulled out the greatest grift of all time. You're a fucking god, dude. Absolutely. Mm. Steve, like we need we need a Marvel movie about where Steven Pinker is Doctor Strange <laughs> instead of having magic. <laughs> he just has graphs that make billionaires give you money. <laughs> People telling their kids, hey, don't go near that Doctor Strange's house. <laughs> don't let him take you on his private plane. He got that name for a reason. <laughs> Okay. He's going to blow you into the atmosphere, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. This is actually even dumber. The, this, this next one on racism and the decline of racism is even dumber than everything else I've read so far. Pinker decides to use search terms to measure a decline in racism, calling them a, quote, digital truth serum, suggesting that in the <laughs> privacy of their keyboards and screens, people query Google with every curiosity, anxiety, and guilty pleasure you can imagine, together with many you can't imagine. You think, you think <laughs> this like is Google? entering go- into Google, like, what's never seen a whop in a day ago? Like, <laughs> it's not even Google. It's, well, it's Pornhub search results. As the interracial <laughs> porn consumption goes up, racism goes down. Why accept parents explain to disobedient daughter the difference between the racists and their brain pants? <laughs> well, like, I, I know what Pinker uses his evidence here, and literally the Pornhub thing would be a better argument than what he goes with. <laughs> like, uh, inarguably. So Steven, Steve, Steven Pinker is the court intellectual of, uh, of the Pornhub company. Um, okay, so he says, let's use then to track recent trends in racism, uh, private sexism and homophobia, uh, search terms. Like, well into my adolescence, jokes featuring dumb poles, ditzy dames, and lisping, limp-wristed homosexuals were common in network television and newspaper comics. Today they are taboo. Well, I mean, no- his book features a lot of dumb poles, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers we looked at when we searched for, uh, Stephen just goes ahead and uses the word here, uh, N-word jokes, or in quotes, fag jokes, are declining. Someone who searches for that word is as likely to search for topics that appeal to senior citizens, such as Social Security and Frank Sinatra. <laughs> To be fair, I bet Frank Sinatra said the N-word a lot. <laughs> I, love, I, I do love just the idea of like an old person whose homepage is a Google search for Frank Sinatra. <laughs> also, I, again, Steven Pinker's looking at Black Lives Matter and being like, no, racism is actually better in America. People aren't searching for N-word jokes anymore, but he People just says the word. Heart. He's like at the Freddie Gray protest. No, look! <laughs> look There's the a 35% decline in Polish jokes. <laughs> right and also it's just it also betrays that this is a guy who just doesn't understand how google works like that's it's such a bizarre thing to search like so weirdly specific it's like every morning at clint eastwood's house and just like, googling frank sinatra and slurs waking up and googling the n-word oh my <laughs> god steven this is like i love how like bill gates bill gates who like I'm probably like just untold amounts of Google executives, right? They're like, they read this, right? And they're like, they know how the internet works. And they read this part and they're like, mm-hmm. you got it, dude. You the man. Absolutely. Yeah. No Huge. one's no one's searching for N-word jokes anymore. <laughs> when, I was, when I was Googling the N-word every morning, I didn't realize I was part of the problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just pictured like a Krasenstein like, thing I, of every- like where you Google it in order to feel bad about it. 
I also like that he's putting Googling Frank Sinatra now into like morally questionable territory. <laughs> like, should you be doing it? Like, it's not technically wrong, but well, are you siding with them? I think, Google, I think, I think if you Google Frank Sinatra, Google just counts it as his search for the N-word. Which, you know, not, not incorrect, honestly. Did you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you mean, why is the Dominican nurse taking my watch? <laughs> yes, I did, actually. That's the other thing. It's like, this is also the opinion of someone who's never heard of the YouTube algorithm. Yeah. Like, who's never, who's like, it's like, mm, who doesn't know that like people are getting like pushed Stephen Molyneux stuff where he's like, actually white people are discriminated, whatever. He just, he's never heard of this. He's like, nope, uh, the internet's just a waiter and you just ask it for stuff and it gives it to you. And that's how it is. And no one's asking for N-word jokes anymore. So racism is gone. He literally, like, he thinks the process is like, all right, I'm thinking about getting into racism. Let me just type in some of the most potent slurs. <laughs> Find some other people using them. See if I can pick up some tips from them. He's a social racist. Oh my god! He's only a racist on the high holidays. Uh, <laughs> only after a couple of beers. This guy is sort of a G. This is like Chris Morris level. Like this is oh, yeah. like if Chris Morris wrote like a you know sort of fucking neoliberal thinker character it would be this guy it, abs this is absolutely oh and jeffrey epstein's plane is the space capsule yes! they launched the pedophile <laughs> yes! To an eight -year -old yes! Boy. yes 100 000 percent oh jeffrey my epstein god spacex <laughs> oh my god spacex xx <laughs> sad by spacex x tentacion um all right, so I, I, I want to run through another couple quickly because they're so perfect, and then I think it's time for us to hang up our, our, our podcast hats. Mm. Uh, on Islam. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, boy, strap in, everybody. All right, let's go, dude. <laughs> let's fucking go. No discussion of global progress can ignore the Islamic world, which, okay, fine uh -huh. so far, mm -hmm. but it takes a turn, which by a number of objective measures appears to be sitting out the progress enjoyed by the rest. Googling much more N-word jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Islam's just a bit hungover. It's just sitting at you know what, yeah. like guys, I'm just gonna sit here and drink this drink this aloe vera juice. You guys carry on. It is, Islam, Islam sitting on the sideline, y'all are so fucking lucky I'm on parole. <laughs> <laughs> You're, yeah, well uh, this is almost almost like you up that's almost right, Felix. All the wars raging in twenty sixteen took place in Muslim majority countries or involved Islamist wow, groups. What a crazy and those coincidence. Are responsible for the vast majority of terrorist attacks. Mm. Oh, I love that. They're like someone's like someone's house gets burgled, and then they're like, "Huh? Mm, are you sure you're not in league with the burglars? Because 100 percent of the burglaries on this street took place in your house." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's like it's you know every like we sell the we actually the this is all this is actually true. Like the, the crazy David Vance conspiracy theorists who think that Theresa May is a secret Muslim who's trying to Islamize the West. Or that whatever. is true. Though. There are people who think that. Well, she's the secret imam. Yes. Um, so they think that she's supplying Saudi Arabia weapons in it. Uh, the so yeah, means it the a Muslim war. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, 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 it's just, it's, 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 he's asked, can the Islamic world have an enlightenment? Can there be a reform Islam, liberal Islam, or a human, humanistic Islam? Guy. A separation of mosque and state? You, you know the, yeah. you know until the, we have Islamic 1984. You know the racist Saul Bellow quote about who the Tolstoy of the Zulus is? It's this this guy's going who's the Muslims John Locke? I'm like it they still fucking <laughs> read him. <sighs> yeah. Who's the Muslim John Cena? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it's John Cena once I've converted him in the comment section on his Facebook page. You can't see me. I'm dressed modestly. <laughs> no, dude, you can't see me. I'm the hidden imam. <laughs> this is a credo I've adopted from the brave men and women of Al Shabbat. The infidels have been compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> I, am, I am pleased to announce that Osama bin Laden has been compromised to a permanent end and is now an eternal martyr. <laughs> Com- compromised to a permanent end is the greatest sentence ever uttered in the West. Um, yeah. it's, it, well, it's the natural evolution of like the, the whole thing where like when Americans try and sound more formal, they just say things that no one ever actually says, like saying at this time instead of now and stuff like that. And then that is just like the high priest of all of that, which is compromised to a permanent end um, instead of killed. Well, well, that, it's, it's, it's cop language. Like if you, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Amer- American cops, like especially suburban cops. Suburban cops are kind of the most psycho cops because they're just waiting to see like, like any person of color, so they can be like, we have an MS-13 style attack in our <laughs> in our bungalow community. But like when they, you know, as someone who as a shitty 16 year old was you know in friends cars pulled over many times by suburban cops and just never even handcuffed uh the the main thing they would do is like uh can we uh, ascertain in this scenario that we can uh, perpendicularize a marijuana style smoking instrument device <laughs> that, that type they're of speaking thing mandarin they're speaking Stanley. yeah yeah <laughs> Cops actually speak binary. <laughs> um, and when you're really good, you don't even have to decode it. You just, you just, you just understand the numbers. Um, so I'm going to run through another couple here. Uh, on the future, some economists fear that low rates of growth are the new no- normal. No one really knows why productivity growth slacked off in the 70s or how to bring it back up. One explanation is that America has lost its mojo. <laughs> Workers in depressed regions no longer pick up and move to vibrant ones, but instead just collect disability and drop out of the labor force. Plus, investors and governments no longer back moonshots. As entrepreneur Peter Thiel lamented, we wanted flying cars. Instead, we got 140 characters. America has to go back in time to retrieve its mojo from fat bastard. (laughs) 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 Even Pinker admits that growth has been slow and doesn't really know why it is. He says workers have lost their mojo, whatever that means. Um, And he says technology-driven productivity growth has a way of sneaking up on the world without realizing it. People take a long time to figure out how to put technologies to best use, and industries need time to retool their plants and practices around them. So here are some of Steven Pinker's ideas. Fourth generation nuclear power in the form of small modular reactors in every home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sensible. <laughs> Got it. That mm-hmm. sounds really yeah, safe. Yeah. Much safer than solar panels. <laughs> I like where you're going, a battery- Steve. <laughs> a battery the size of a Walmart powering a whole city. This is just a battery the size of a walnut, which would have actually been impressive. Like, Walmarts are very big. (laughs) In in the medical realm, a lab on a chip could perform a liquid biopsy and detect any number of hundreds of diseases from a drop of blood or saliva. Wait, also, what is powering the battery? Like, he does realize that batteries (laughs) aren't just like a a fucking source of energy. (laughs) He probably does. This is summarized. Uh But I noted the, the medical realm one, he's just invented Theranos. He said Theranos could come save us. He's like an irredentist for it. He's like the last holdout. He's like <laughs> still, still He's fighting in the seventh stuck yeah. island. Uh, he just doesn't realize it was a huge <laughs> scam. And she just missed that week and <laughs> <laughs> He's it's just he's a complete just this just shows you how much of a dunce he is because he's like 
because this has been disproven before the book was written. <laughs> a Japanese guy on an island clutching a bayonet and Googling Frank Sinatra. And <laughs> <laughs> saying to himself, this is the enemy. <laughs> Individualized education can be provided to, over the web to children in, develop, in developing countries by volunteers called the Granny Cloud, another Pornhub search term. <laughs> Stephen Picker, don't worry, I'll educate all these kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to learners everywhere by artificially intelligent tutors. Cool. Oh my <laughs> so God. Replacing, so wait, so like, <laughs> they're just, Stephen, like, so his plan is just to sprout 100,000 Stefan Molyneux's. <laughs> who like educate all the children this is he is the shittiest brain of all time Absolutely. just the worst just the fuck you really just hate to see it you really <laughs> just hate to hear these ideas and think about what they look like and then realize that trying to process the practical application of Steven Pinker's ideas has just it's the equivalent of salting a field to your synopsis yeah. it's like you're just irreparably Salting dumber yeah you're just yeah there's a cloud chip running around your brain and it's like well you're never going to use that neural pathway again it's just completely <laughs> ruined because you thought about you know individual like internet homeschool classes taught from cloud chips that are spraying salt mist like a little spray bottle you sprayed a cat into the atmosphere to prevent global warming because you think keemstar is going to be like a dean of an internet school. <laughs> um, here's his fourth one. The rise of the techno-philanthropists, who instead Fuck of off. just writing checks for the naming rights to concert <laughs> halls, apply their ingenuity, connections, and demand for results to the solution to global problems. Okay, okay, okay so the guy who made TikTok is going to fix drought. <laughs> You're right, Steve. Thank you. There's another fucking, another fucking humdinger of an, I, of an idea from the brain god himself. Mr. Uh, on infinite IQ. on preventing littering. Oh I, like, my I, God. I, I, for one, am very excited to be able to call a cloud ship from my phone and have it take me anywhere. This is... Absolutely. I'm going to give you guys some insight. I was, like, ready to work out a little bit. I, I just can't do it now, man. <laughs> I got to wait till tomorrow. This really took a lot out of me. <laughs> I'm so Fuck. sorry. I can't, I can't just, wait to, like... It's I can't crippling. wait to see you guys on stream later, and you're just getting just your shit killed all the time. Be like, sorry guys, Dude, I only slept for twelve hours. Halo. I heard Stephen Pinker. We're playing Halo tonight. I'm gonna get fucking owned. <laughs> my Everyone's reflexes have been bogged down. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and I'm here's the. I've decided this is the coup de grace. This is the stupidest possible thing, and this is, I think, where this actually most meshes with Chapo territory. This is Stephen Pinker on discourse and discourse in general. Indeed, in one realm after another, we are seeing the conquest of dogma by the armies of reason. Newspapers are supplementing shoe leather and punditry with statisticians and data journalists like James Ball. Mm. In New York and increasingly in other cities, violent crime has been reduced with real-time data crunching system called CompStat. Volunteering and charitable giving are being scrutinized. The blogosphere has spawned the rationality community. <laughs> oh. Oh. Cloud chips cruising the blogosphere. <laughs> Sprinkling it with dangerous ideas. The rationality. Yeah, I got jumped into the rationality community. I had to name five enlightenment thinkers while they hit me with a feather duster. Oh, Jesus. I'm a rational boy level five.
<laughs> it's like uh, a character that was cut from train spotting. No, it's that's my. Yeah, what if your dog was a nuclear power station? Do you ever think about that? No, he's 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 the gaming clan rationality community that is just absolutely tearing up the Fortnite charts. That's what oh he's my doing. god! This is just. He like just he just I think there was a point in writing this book like the first part of it he's like ah I need to use empirical evidence to back up my my claims and then like after about like maybe 60 pages of that he's like you know what who cares and he's like yeah. you know now uh you can go viral for for facts and hey guys and, and still like, people still people him. still eat it up people are still like damn dude steven you're so good at thinking yeah. Just the he, 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 about he, HIV. It was a fact. If you like, if you like, it did enhanced interrogation on Steven Pinker, he would admit he just gave up while writing this. He just wasn't <laughs> even fucking trying at all. Literally, his argument towards the end is like th- th- that you can, like, I fucking love science goes viral. Oh my god. <laughs> the, the, the great god. becoming of this book is the transformation from Facebook at the beginning into Imgur at the end. Yeah. 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 It charts it charts the line of great thinkers from Voltaire all the way through to Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> to Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> here's a, here's the bit that's gonna kill all of us. Can we imagine a day in which the most famous columnists and talking heads have no political orientation, but try to work out defensible conclusions on an issue-by-issue basis, in which people will answer a question like, does gun control reduce crime, with, wait, let me look up the latest meta-analysis. Well, I remember what the talking head said about this, which was, psycho killer, (laughs) qu'est-ce que c'est? Yeah. His, like, vision of a perfect world includes a non-ideological op-ed board. I, I'm about to spi- I'm about to spike my fucking mic through my monitor. I'm about to just fucking throw straight right at my monitor like Summit One G. I am. Whew. Yeah, that's he that's doesn't, he doesn't here, even folks. fucking. He has such contempt for the people that read this. It's like he just does it. It's awesome, actually. I don't know cloud ships. What can we do now? I don't know non-ideological op-ed board. Yeah, uh, Stephen Pinker is. He's also ruining my evening because this is this recording is making me late for a dinner party at my house, and without my supervision, one of the guests has put on Disney songs apparently. So I've got to go and deal with that. <laughs> All right, dude, you you have to put on Dummy Boy. You got to get behind. You know, you gotta, this is dinner party is now for the Free Six Nine movement. Absolutely. <laughs> Google searches for, for Free Six Nine have gone up. <laughs> Google, Google, you've got you got to go in there and put on Gotti, <laughs> dumbest song about the dumbest guy in history. <laughs> Putting on Just, it's, Frank Sinatra's song addressed to Riley Reed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> that's awesome. That's the thing. We're gonna fix it. Cloud ships, neutral op-ed borbs. We got it, guys. We fucking solved it. Whoa. I would love to see Steven Baker go on like the Keemstar Adam Twenty Two Phase Banks Lil Xan podcast. He would be so at home. Like he, he just has the same level of contempt. Everyone on the left and right is cloud chasing. Yeah, yeah. That's actually his argument. That's actually his argument. He's not cloud chasing. He's cloud chasing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man, yeah, I, sure I, like. man, I was I was on this plane heading headed to uh, <laughs> international waters, and I was like, this shit is so not me. <laughs> mm. 
Oh boy. The thing is, I've got an international lo- waters loyalty card. The great thing is, they have them all over the world. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I think I think we're gonna we're all gonna die if we don't go soon. Yeah. I feel like I honestly honestly I I just feel like I drink like a liter of salt water. <laughs> That's how it feels. Ready to piss it into the upper atmosphere and stop global warming. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. You guys talk sometimes about how watching books and movies makes you feel. How reading this book made me feel was like, you know when you close your eyes and just press really hard and then you're just sort of seeing stars? <laughs> it's like, it's that. It was that. Reading this book was yeah. like that. Well, as, as Bill Gates said of this book, this book made me feel like a natural woman. <laughs> this is Bill Gates' best book ever written. Yeah. The b- big genius billionaire who has more resources yeah. than like... Only two people are richer than him. This is his favorite book. Did Bill Gates like just replace his brain with like the AI behind Clippy? (laughs) (laughs) It looks like you're trying to write a comment for a book sleeve. I guess this is like, this is sort of like capitalist thinking, right? But I thought that Bill Gates would be like a very, if not like completely amoral, shitty guy, like a smart guy. But no, no, I I was totally wrong. He read this and was impressed. Yeah, he was literally absolutely. impressed by this. He thought like, this was good. Rem- just remember back to the very beginning. This is someone who thinks that A-B reasoning was invented in the 1750s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The okay. only way people could think before was via Socratic Elenchus. You had to, whenever you were trying to solve any kind of problem, you had to rely on bumping into a crotchety old man on the street who would ask you like impertinent <laughs> questions until you realized the correct course of action. All right, we're going to go drink a whole lot of hemlock, I think. Uh, Milo, you got a dinner party yeah. to save. Felix, you got to go lose at Halo. I'm just, Alex, I'm, I'm going to clean up my apartment to try to reconnect some brain synapses, honestly. <laughs> I think, I think if I swung thing. a kettlebell, I would just fucking beam myself. Like, my body would force me to kill myself with it. It would just beam into my forehead and crater right. it. Um, I'm going to so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the out matter now. Um, we, I'm going to say thank you to Felix and Alice for hopping on and subjecting yourself to this. Oh, thank you, we just guys. We love to see it. You love to see it. We love to see it. We love um, we, In a way. We have a Patreon. Uh, we actually, the first leftist podcast to invent having a Patreon. Uh, yeah, Felix, they didn't exist before 1750. Um, <laughs> for the, you said you're going to start a podcast called Chapo Trap House. You might want to take this idea. Ooh. <laughs> you, uh, you can subscribe. You can get a second episode every week for five bucks a month. Dude, that's uh, a good ass idea. Yo, 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 don't worry. Just, just credit us. Thank God we bumped into that old man in the street. <laughs> um, and also you can commodify your descent with a t-shirt from Lil Comrade. Uh, maybe you can get one of Steven Pinker's favorite graphs on it. I'm sure yeah. Edie would love to screen print that for you. You can also buy our merch on Teespring. Oh yeah, we, we have, have a mug. Yeah, oh, we have more merch. We have us. more merch for some, yeah. re- for some fucking reason. We're going to do a live show at some point in February, I think, yeah. if Milo can book it. Yeah. <laughs> Just book the, book the venue. Um, and please book the venue. Uh, this is the only way it works. This is my new form of, uh, of, of interaction with other people. It's podcast callouts. Um, and finally, thank you to Ginseng for our theme song. Here we go. You can find it on Spotify. It's a very good tune. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, also, there's a, there's a show on the 16th of January. Uh, Smoke Comedy is back. Uh, I'm hosting it, and our headliner is going to be Ahir Shah. It's going to be it's going to be a very good show. Many many three t- three peat I think on the show. Uh, yeah, so twice or twice or three Pete. Yeah, double Edinburgh Comedy Award nominee. Ashar. It's going to be dope. It's it. Uh, it's on the sixteenth January, eight o'clock. You can get tickets on Eventbrite. They're free, but you should get a ticket because it'll probably sell out. Yeah, we'll link that in the description. Yeah. Anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on. 
and uh, try just after listening to this, try not, um, you know, to um, jump off a roof installing a solar panel. Good night, everybody. Good night. See ya.